and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I don't know why, but every time my guest here comes on the show, there's some kind of weird thing. I don't know why my camera just went out, but it did, and then it came back, and I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> I love the challenges of recording, but let's welcome our guest. Tatum Shoesmith is back. Tatum, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. First of all, I need to clear the air with you because I felt so bad about what happened last time. Uh, anybody who is in broadcasting knows that you don't do an update just before you do an interview <laughs> or anything that record, you know, requires recording without doing some testing first. And I, the genius that I am, upgraded from Windows 8 to Windows 10 the night before. And oh. for some reason, and I still don't know how it happened, but the Zoom video did not record, even though it said recording when I logged on. Uh, and it it seemed like it was recording the whole time. And then it just was not there. Uh, I ended the show. I hit stop. And it just said, OK, thanks. <laughs> and so I felt bad that, you know, uh, we didn't have the video, but we did have the audio. And then I screwed up your movie link and your mom was nice enough to write in. So thanks to your mom for that. Uh, so yes. uh, I, I apologize. I'm so sorry for all the uh, shenanigans. But hopefully this time I have everything under control. <laughs> yeah. I, it's probably my fault. I tend to do that to, to technology just freaks out around me. So it's probably have, my uh, bad. You have a, what, what do they call it? Like a high frequency around you? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Let's go with that. I'm just yeah. high frequency. That actually is not an uncommon thing. People have like a, an EMF field around them. That's a little bit more charged than other people. It does seem huh? to be a little more common with creatives I find, which is ironic because we're the ones that are around the technology a lot. Yeah. Uh, so that makes it fun. But <laughs> right. Very possible. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Uh, so the last time you came on the show is our last episode for season five at the end of 2022. Here we are uh, nearing the end of October. This episode will air on Saturday. So that was episode, what was it, 289? This is episode 361. So uh, it's, it feels like it's been a lot longer uh, episode wise than it has been in time. How have you been? I've been good, you know? My brother just got married this last weekend, so that's exciting. Mm -hmm. I know, and she's great, so I'm super excited to have her as a sister. Good. She's, a, she's my only sister now, so I have a sister, so that's great. And is that your only brother? Nope, I have another brother, okay. so, so he's not married yet. He'll have, have to, that. he'll have to choose well. He's he's under the pressure now. Yeah, right? It's, it's going to be hard to be Alexis. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all very cool and, and exciting. It's it's amazing how uh, one decision can affect so much because now you have a different dynamic at family gatherings and holidays, and now you have another family that's integrated into that, uh, all right. based on one one person saying yes to one question. I know, yeah, one very important question. <laughs> yeah, and she has a big family too, so it's it's quite a like you said, big difference, big change, but it's a good one. At least yeah. they're they're good and they're nice. So. I think those are the kind of problems I'd rather have to work out, you know, than than how am I going to solve this contract issue or my social media is not working or, you know, all those other things that we deal with. I'd rather feel like, how can I integrate a wonderful large family into my life? Right. That's, that's a big one, but they figured it out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I, I'm very happy for you guys. Thank um, you. So uh, you have been fairly active on social media. You post not uh, not to the point where it's uh, you know too much. Like you post 
frequently, but not, you, you don't bombard us with posts, which I really love. I have friends that do that. They're like, some of them just post two or three times a day. Some of them post every day or every other day. Um, I have one friend who's who's using it very wisely. He posts every day as a challenge to himself, sort of as oh. a way to keep himself accountable, that he's going to learn something new every day, that he's going to build his abilities as a musician every day. And that I like. That is really cool. That's yeah. smart. But then there's people that are like, here's what I'm eating. Here's what my coffee looks like. Here's everything I've ever thought in my entire life. And, and it just gets right. a little cumbersome. So I yes. appreciate the level of your output. Oh, I'm I'm glad that you appreciate the level because honestly, I just know I'm terrible at posting. So if I get anything on there, I'm proud of myself. I think oh. it, it probably works in your favor though, because I think it, it is kind of a turnoff I, I imagine unless you're like, you know, a Taylor Swift or Metallica where um, you just have so many people crawling all over every single little thing you say and do, um, I guess it works there. But apart yeah. from that, I think, I don't know, I think it, it just takes a while to get to that level of people wanting to to bite into every single thing you do. And you can easily lose people being a little too, you know, too yeah. much in their face. For for me, I just wouldn't know what to post every day. I, yeah. My life is not exciting. Like you said, I yeah. post like, here's the coffee I'm drinking. Here's the food. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah. It's it's pretty wild. But you do have a reason to post because you have a new song out that is absolutely wonderful and a real surprise when I you know when I got the file from your people and I uh, I started listening to it. I was like, wow, this is not at all what I expected. <laughs> Uh, but I, I loved it. It's called This, That, and yes. it's for a film. But before we talk about the film, let's talk about the song style a little bit. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm not good with eras. So mm -hmm. I'm going to place this somewhere between the 20s and the 40s. That's that's what I was going for. I don't know how you actually determine it, mm -hmm. but that's, that is what I was going for because the film is also set in that era, like 1920s. Right. So... Mm -hmm. You, so, yeah. you very much captured the vintage sound, the the you know the the horns that almost distort but don't quite do it. They're in your face a little more than you want them to be, but that's how the sound was back then. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wanted it to feel like you were still listening to something sort of older, mm -hmm. and like like it it has a past that kind of vibe. So. I wasn't sure if that would come across. I was like, I hope they don't just think it's like bad quality or something like that. <laughs> I was like, that's just what I was wanting. So I think the style of the music would help curtail that impression because the, that style of music just brings you back to the old days, whether you lived in that era or whether you've seen it in movies or or just, you know, it just, it, it was really captured well. I, I have to say, was it, did you listen to old records and kind of get a feel for it? Or did you say, this is what I think it sounds like? How did you do it? Well, I, I kind of listened to jazz here and there. I really liked it when I was young. So I kind of had a, an idea of what I wanted to sort of sound like. Um, we'll Meet Again by Verlin was one that was like, I used quite a bit as sort of the sound I was wanting. Cause I just feel like that one just transports you back type. So yeah, I don't know. I guess I just listened to things here and there and kind of found what I wanted. Luckily, my producer sensed kind of what I wanted to, so he he made it turn out really well. It's it's fantastic. I mean, I there's nothing I could pinpoint and say, 
you know, if you'd have done this or if you'd have done that, it would be a little more authentic. It really sounds like we travel back in time when I'm listening to that song and, and I love it. Um, okay. But vocally, it's really different for you too. I mean, it has your, your personality and your vocal inflections are definitely there. But it also is just such a different feel from anything that I've heard you do. Yeah. How did the vocal style for you come together? You know, how did you develop the ability to just build the song? I, I, that's, that's a good question. I, yeah, it is really different <laughs> from are you clapping for sure? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It's, you know, I, I loved jazz songs growing up and I would sing those too. So I guess it just kind of came out one. I was writing the song. I wanted it to seem sort of like sassy and, you know, not perfect, smooth. I just wanted to have feeling in it. And I guess it, it took a little bit of time, took a lot of re-recording of things, but mm. I think we got got it figured out. Yeah. I, I like that, that you say that because it really does have a feel of this was just captured live. It doesn't have to be every word needs to start right on beat one or anything like that it feels very alive and apart from the music. It's, it goes with the music, but it, it feels like it's its own, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Right. I'll work within the song, but I'm not going to be exactly precise. I love that because it here's the visual I got when I was listening to it for the first time. And of course, we just lost Suzanne Summers, um, but And she used to do these like jazz performances where she would put on a really slinky dress and show way too much leg and be like laying across the piano and then go out into the crowd and do the thing where she takes her glove hand and rubs the guy's chin and that classic, you know, thing that people used to do. But this is, this song is very much in that style. And so yeah. that was the first thing it brought me back to, um, probably because Suzanne was a little bit on my mind, but um, just that, that feel. And I just mm -hmm. immediately was just transported back. Absolutely love this song. Okay. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad. Yeah. Thanks. So let's talk about the movie. Uh, so this was done for a short film. What is yeah. it called? It's called La Fée Verte. It's in French, I believe. And it's, it's the Green Fairy is mm -hmm. what it is. Um, it's set in the 1920s. It's actually a black and white silent film. So not something you see all the time either. And it, yeah, I met a friend through acting other thing, acting things, and she has transitioned to more into directing and she wanted to create this film. So she talked to me about it and it gave me the opportunity to make this song because I've been wanting to make a jazz song for a while. And this kind of pushed me to be like, okay, now you have to actually do it. <laughs> so go and do it. Well, it is a little bit, even as exciting as it can be, it is a little bit daunting to jump into a new style because you don't have your normal, okay, here's my process, or I'm just going to mm -hmm. find some sounds that I like and work with them. You're really yeah. pigeonholed into what you're working with. That's, it's so true. I, you know, from this last time, like working on, are you clapping? I was like, okay, I think I have the process down now. This is going to be so much smoother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was so not, it was so not smoother, which is fine. It worked out, but there were so many other elements when it came to this whole different genre, the live players, you know, band players, things along those lines. So, yeah, well, yeah. I think though it, it could be good for us because it can push us to find new ways to do things. We, yeah. we tend to get locked into our templates and our algorithms and here's how I do things. I start with the piano and then I add this and I do that. Um, 
I like to just do different things. Sometimes I'll write a song starting with the bass guitar, or sometimes with drums or, you know, you, yeah. you have to mix it up a little bit because you don't know where you're going to find that inspiration or that hook. That's so true. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that you got to work with live players. What was the the process then? Did you chart it out for them or how did that work? Um, well, we started with just my simple keyboard chords and then we brought in a drummer. He was so great. He, We kind of just told him to play around with it and he did. And he was, you know, we were done within like an hour. It was so amazing just watching him play. Like, I don't really get to see people play live very often here so just seeing that was so exciting for me and then him bring it to a whole nother level and all we had was piano and drums but I'm like this is this is so great this is sounding amazing and then we had a bass player come in he was just adding the bass that was so that was so great it just you know every little step just added something more flavor more dimension and yeah bringing in the saxophone trombone and trumpet we brought those all in at the same time mm-hmm. And watching them play together was so cool because they kind of bounced off each other. They, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And it was a great recording capture too. I mean, everything is pristine and crystal clear. You can hear every brush of the drums and every pluck of the bass string. It's the sounds are very prominent as they would have been in that time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad it turned out the way it did. I'm guessing it must've been an upright bass, right? Yep. It was. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you had the horns, you had what, trumpet, trombone, and cornet, maybe? And saxophone. Oh, the saxophone. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice blend. And uh, did it did it take them a while to learn the song, or did they just kind of come in and hear it and go, all right, here's what we're doing? Well, actually, um, our bass player made the arrangement for, because uh, the drummer just, you know, he kind of just went based off my chords, off my singing, because I just sang it. And he listened to that while he played. Um, But yeah, the arrangement was made for the trumpet, trombone, and saxophone. And they kind of made, we added some things here and there and adjusted some things. But yeah, they just kind of did it over and over, listened to it, kind of changed the vibe of things. And yeah, that's how it went. And it's nice when you can work with players that are willing to be experimental a little bit instead of coming in and saying, okay, here's our chart. We played our part, get paid and go home which is very common for session players. But when you get people that really just want to put something into the song and make it special Mm -hmm. and appreciate what's going on and are willing to work, that's the best. That is the best. And I'd have to say they were were like that too, because all of them just were like, oh, what about this? Or, you know, they really cared about getting it right and exact and yeah, making it come alive. So I was really appreciative of everyone who worked on it. Yeah. The nice thing about the drummer, and and I'm a drummer myself, but the nice thing about that is we can kind of come in and we can lay down a bed. We can do a little bit different things that don't, that will affect the song. But when it comes to things like melody, Mm -hmm. everybody has to be tight together, whereas the drummer just has to keep on that tempo and then we can play around a little bit and add or take away. So it's a little easier for us to, to come into a session like that. But for you know, brass players or a bass player that have to work with the rhythm and the melody and your vocal line that's already down. Right. uh, That's a little more challenging. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have no idea how hard it is, but it it looks difficult and they did it. So yeah, a lot of. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. (laughs) Did you, um, so what could you say 
being being that your first time of having this kind of experience, what did you learn that you could take to the next opportunity and maybe make that next time even better? Oh, I'm I'm sure there was many things. I don't mean to put you on the spot. It just popped into my head. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I would necessarily change. I think I could try to change something and another thing go wrong, I guess. Because I don't I don't know if anything really went wrong. It just mm-hmm. it was so new to me that I, I wouldn't even know. I didn't really know how to even go into it. Mm-hmm. I think having more of maybe a clearer direction when the instruments came in, mm-hmm. maybe that would have been better. But, you know, I don't I don't play most of these instruments. I play this much trumpet and that's it. So, right. yeah, it was it was difficult to kind of tell them what I wanted. Mm. But and <clears throat> I don't know how I'd be able to change that without really getting getting to know the, the instruments more, yeah. I guess. So well, that would be something I would try to change for next time. One thing that's really nice about the era that we live in now is if you're working with virtual instruments, you get the actual instruments recorded. Um, whereas when I started working with sequencers back in the nineties and I had, uh, my first cork sequencer, it would take every instrument and put it the entire range of the keyboard. So if you're working with an 88 note keyboard, you would have 88 notes of violin and the violin cannot reach 88 notes. It just, it just doesn't. (laughs) So like my first symphonies and things were completely wrong because they were written well beyond the instrument ranges. And so now that I'm working with virtual instruments, it really narrows down to here's what the instrument can really do. Now it comes down to the articulations and the different feels that you would want to get out of your players. Right. So you could do like a MIDI mock-up and say, you know, here's like a general idea of how I want this to go. Here's Mm -hmm. what, you know, you can give them the key, obviously, but here's kind of the feel I want. And you could give them something as a basis to start with. But if you've got somebody like your bass player, who's like, I got your arrangement. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, go for it. Right. Yeah. Thank goodness for him. He was, he's very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I I tried to look up videos to kind of get the sort of vibe that I was wanting from each instrument. So Mm -hmm. I kind of followed what you were saying there. Yeah. But yeah, definitely more of that for next time. I would definitely need to do. I remember working with a, an acoustic guitar player and I had a specific way I wanted the song strummed because mm-hmm. it mattered whether they started with the low notes or the high notes, depending on which direction oh. each each pass went. And yeah. I just could not find a way to explain it. And I could not, um, I couldn't duplicate it in, in MIDI in any kind of way that I could present it to him and say, Here's mm-hmm. how I want it to go. I just could not get the sound right. In the end, it it worked out pretty well. But that it, it can be difficult to communicate sometimes the especially feel. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Cause like how do you describe the feel that you want without like knowing the terminology of everything with every instrument? You know, they all have their own terminology too. So yeah, yeah it can be kind of challenging. Well, even even people's interpretations of standard feelings. If I said um, I want this to sound sad or or melancholy, and your mm-hmm. interpretation of sad or melancholy might be much deeper or sadder than what as far as I'm wanting you to go, and then I would have to say, all right, that's too much. Right. Be a little happier in your sadness, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, it's not yeah. even just a matter of the terms; it's a matter of people being on the same page as the terms, right. So true too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So are you looking forward to maybe getting some other opportunities where you can work with other musicians or do you want to just kind of go back to, let me just get this myself. 
I don't know. I, I liked working with other musicians too. I thought that was definitely inter- interesting. Like mm-hmm. I said, I don't I don't know a lot about instruments and stuff like that. So it does make it a little difficult. But mm-hmm. I definitely enjoyed the experience. So I, I would want to do it again. Yeah. Good. So tell yeah. me a little bit more about the film. Um, are you in it as well? <laughs> I am in it as well. I do act in it. Mm-hmm. I'm the second, so I'm like the boss's second hand person. Yeah, the director and writer and all of the hats she put on, also actor. She's the boss, Ashley Hefner. So she's, yeah, she's amazing to work with. She was such a great time and she was so passionate about it when she was telling me about the film in the first place, which definitely made me want to get involved. (laughs) Well, that's it. I mean, it's even if it's a film you might not necessarily be interested in, if you can feel somebody's passion, Mm -hmm. you kind of just want to be a part of it, right? Right, definitely. Yeah. So what is yeah. what is the status of the film at this point? The film's not out yet. Um, it's currently in production still. Uh, I guess what what do you mean by? So is it so it's not out? That was that was really yes. uh, my first question. Okay. So it's in, it's in post production. Yeah. Um, yep. Do you know if it's going to be going to festivals? Is it going to come out on say YouTube or or somewhere for us to see? I believe it's going to festivals. There was at one time where she wasn't sure which direction she wanted to go with releasing it a different way or festivals. I think she's leaning towards festivals now. The last I heard. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it does make sense if you're going to put in the the time and effort and the finances into doing a film, uh, mm-hmm. you definitely want it to get seen by maybe some key people that could, you know, lead to relationship building and, and other projects and things like that too, because yeah. otherwise you're just putting it on YouTube and you've spent a lot of time and money and went, okay. Um, now what do I do? That's I it. Raise yeah. Money for another film, <laughs> you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and off of this, I mean, even off of short films, people get hired to do jobs, and it's great for you because that gives you an opportunity to showcase your song to yes. a whole wider audience too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> so, are you um, able to? Because uh, I I didn't see a video or anything for the song for you at this point. Are you mm-hmm. able to release this song uh, as well, or do you have to wait for the film to leave the festival circuit? No, I, I am allowed to release the song before the film film comes out. Okay. Originally, when uh, dates were decided on when we were filming, it was a bit earlier, so we thought it would come out at the same time, but things kind of got pushed back, but it, it works out where I can still release my song, and then the film can come out later, and okay. you can see it in a different sort of environment in the film. Um, so, yeah. That's good. And did you write the song to specific footage or was it just, I just want this theme and a song to put in the film? It was more of like the theme and yeah. And I just okay. wrote lyrics based on what she was kind of wanting, how she saw the scene sort of go mm-hmm. in her mind. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's fun to do that because you you write the song and you get a feel for it and you get a certain impression of it. But then when you see it in the film, Mm-hmm. It takes on a whole different meaning and and it almost feels right. like you didn't do it, but you did. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you've had music it, and film before. Yes, I have. Yeah. It does change the outlook on the song, I would say. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's funny yeah. when I originally wrote the song, when she was telling me about it, she kind of wanted more of like a party song. So I was thinking it's more like swing mm-hmm. and more yeah. dancey. Mm-hmm. But as I just kept writing it and I finally got into the studio, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I think I want more of like the commanding 
captivating sort of luxurious luxurious feel so that's what it turned out to be yeah and you and like i said you you definitely nailed that thank you yeah i i'm really looking forward to seeing the film the festival circuit can be long though yes it could be a year or more sometimes no and it's just try and get into all of them i mean there's so many now i know it's it's crazy yeah that there's like a whole nother world out there for just like film festivals and stuff. It's, it's a I, lot. I can't imagine going to a film festival though. I don't think I could just sit there and not do anything for that long. It It is a long time. We kind of had some mini film festivals. We sort of went to, and it's kind of a long day because you are just sitting there watching films, but uh, it's, it's definitely interesting to see the creative minds of people because there's topics that are like, shown that you don't really see a lot in our big films so that's always really cool yeah Yeah, that is it is really nice that they're not stuck to those hollywood formulas where everything has to have that save the cat formula to it and it has to end with the ribbon tying around everything nicely and everyone ends up happy uh except maybe the bad guy um i love (laughs) films that that just explore more realistic endings because uh, yeah. how do you feel about it like if you watch a film where the first five minutes in you know the premise you've got your characters you pretty much know how it's going to end so mm-hmm. now it comes down to do you enjoy the journey versus being on the edge of your seat wondering what's going to happen right i think it probably depends on the genre because obviously with a mystery you don't want to know what's going to happen but sure. i think I think sometimes it it would be nice to have maybe an ending that you didn't see coming, like you said, more realistic. Because I don't know, it it does get kind of repetitive, and by the end of the movie, you're like, "Well, they got together," or "Oh, it was fixed." So mm-hmm. yeah, it would be kind of nice to see some change up there. Well, then, and then it would add, I think, a little more excitement to the films that do end the way that we're used to them ending, because you wouldn't yeah. know that that's what's going to happen. Exactly, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I can't wait to see this. I think it's good. And I love that they did it in black and white too, because it did they do, uh, was it costumed the same? Was it all like of that era? Yep. We tried to get it as much of like the 1920s as possible. There's obviously it being a low budget short film, there's not going to be exact stuff in there, but it's actually kind of, there's an artistic twist in it that I can't really reveal. I don't think, but uh, yeah. Fair so. enough. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want any spoilers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's very exciting. Um, it's fun to do those films. I worked on a bunch of uh, forty-eight hour film challenges, and oh. those are a blast. But there, there's some pressure because you, you don't like as a composer, you don't see the film, you see the script, and right. if, unless somebody is communicating all the changes, you might be writing music for scenes that got cut. Uh, there might be seeds mm-hmm. added that you didn't know about that you need to hurry up and write music for on Sunday morning. Um, yeah. They can be pretty wild. It sounds pretty wild. Yeah. Sounds so, like a lot of anxiety. <laughs> how much time were you given to to have the song ready for, for inclusion? Originally, I thought I was going to have about a month because mm-hmm. she wanted to film it at a different time, but it ended up getting pushed back pretty far. So I think I had quite quite a bit of time like four or five months so that worked out a lot better i think it was needed (laughs) for the song to actually come to a good conclusion so i think timing worked out yeah well i mean i can't argue the result because i I love the song so much so (laughs) however that came to be is fine 
Uh, I find I, I tend to work um, really well under pressure that I've written some of my best stuff when I've had 24 hours to turn around a piece of music or uh, oh. you know, very, very short times or or there's like a last minute change and they need something quickly. Um, do you prefer to work just kind of at your own pace or do you like to put a little pressure on yourself? Like I need to get this song done by Friday. Yeah. I think I prefer a little bit of pressure. I don't, I don't like the big pressure because then I think my mind just kind of goes blank. But I think having some some deadlines with stuff is helpful because I have a tendency to be like, oh, I have time. Oh, I'll do it later, which is is ridiculous. And I need to stop doing that. But yeah, it's a hard habit to break, I, I will mm-hmm. say. But you can do it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Thanks. part of part of the disadvantage of having too much time is that you can really overthink every little detail and you can talk yourself right. out of a great piece of music. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah. Have you done that before? Yeah, more, I think more so uh, in mixing than in actual writing. But I, okay. I can think of a couple times where I'm like, I should have put this in there. No, it didn't need it. No, it should have been in there. And and just, you know, are you back and forth? And then, well, when I redo the song in 10 years for the, you know, the anniversary edition of the album, I'll fix it then. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you never forget every one of those little things because they just stay with you, you know, until you oh. do it. Oh, good. I'm glad that that'll never go away. <laughs> <laughs> but you said you said you've got the songwriting process down or you felt that you had the songwriting process down. Did this kind of throw a, a wrench into that? Do you see maybe some different angles for songwriting now? Um, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I this the writing of the song came pretty easily for me, mostly because I, I was working on just a bunch of lyrics for whatever. I guess I just had one of those days where I was just writing lyrics and I had this idea of my mind, something about like more than like a two-sided coin, something along the lines of first impressions. And it kind of just, I think I had the lyrics down before she even contacted me about writing the song. So I don't know if I necessarily learned anything new about it. I think I, there was that one aspect of, I wanted it to sound like it was older in in that era right so i had i wanted to go about it with lyrics that didn't sound like they were too modern Mm -hmm. i didn't want like words you really only hear today in that song so that was kind of a new thing for me to adjust and work around but yeah i don't i don't remember there being any big like revelations with the lyric process anyway. Sure. I like that though. I like that approach because it is, um, you know, if you want to keep it authentic, you can't mm-hmm. use words like my beeper went off or, you know, I was watching a YouTube on my cell phone. You have to think back yeah. to, okay, forget about any technology because they didn't have any back then. Um, mm-hmm. You know, almost, you were almost happy to just have enough candles to get through the week and, and before right. you had to make some more. It's so it's so weird to think about how different life was back then. But but to really put yourself in that position to write something that lyrically is authentic, uh, Mm -hmm. that could be challenging. But I I like that you were already in that zone. Yeah, I I guess for this song, I think I don't know if it just like worked out that way. But yeah, so that was kind of different for me that I hadn't really done before. I also like that you kind of wanted to write a song in that style anyway that was on your mind and then an opportunity came to you to do that. Yeah. I just feel like it was meant to be for that to happen. So Mm -hmm. I don't think I could have had a better scenario for this all to happen. 
I've had a couple of times where I, I put people on li- on a list of, you know, I'd like to interview them at some point. And then within a couple of weeks, their publicist will send me a note saying, hey, so-and-so is available for interview. Do you want to do it? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wrote their name down. That's awesome. Yeah. You got to feel like fate in that moment. Like, wow, yeah. that's me. I love when things like that come together. Me so, too. So tell me what uh, what's happening with you now? What are you working on? What do you have planned for the near future, if anything? You know, uh, I'm not really sure. We we got done with filming this not too long ago, and the song's, you know, officially getting in the process of being released. So I guess really promoting it right now. Every year I'm like, oh, I want to make a Christmas song. But we'll see if I get around to making it because I just, I love, like, Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year, and mm-hmm. I love Christmas music, but I can't foresee for some reason, seem to write a Christmas song without making it cheesy or, you know, something we've already heard. I just, I'm pretty specific about a Christmas song whenever I go to write it every year and I haven't finished one. So we'll see if maybe that's, this is the year. There is a lot of Christmas music out there and every year it seems that there's more and more, Uh, but I can't get enough of it. I love anything that makes me feel the season. I live in the desert. So for us, Christmas is still, you know, there's no snow or anything like that. Um, But uh, yeah, I do. I do love that. I love the old, old stuff, you know, from Mm. like the the 60s and and 50s and that. Um, In fact, I think my my Christmas show last year, I think I did a, a special on like some of the Christmas music I grew up with. But when you say you love Christmas music, what are you talking about? I think like a little bit of everything. I don't know. I love the new stuff. Uh, I love the old stuff, like you're saying too, the classics. I don't know. I just think there's a beauty in like hearing everyone's different versions of the same song even. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think back to like Bing Crosby, I think was the one that I did last year. I focused on some of his music because that was very much a staple at my grandparents' house for Christmas Eve and and that. But yeah, the modern stuff is good too. It, It has a fresher take. It it yeah. doesn't have the I think the difference really is the nostalgia factor, right? Because it all depends on what brings you back to the childhood memories, as right. opposed to what just makes you feel the season. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's well, I feel like Christmas music is harder than it it kind of makes it seem to be. Mm-hmm. Just maybe because the classics are so prominent, and that's why everyone remembers that you don't want to stray from it too much. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, but I I think part of the trick is is not holding yourself to that standard so much because that becomes kind of a tall mountain to climb, doesn't it? If you right. say, you know, I, I want to write something in the style of Bing Crosby. Okay. Um, that's, <laughs> you know, not saying you can't or I can't, but that's a pretty, that's putting a lot of unnecessary pressure. I think write yeah. just what makes you feel good and don't worry about how it compares to other things. Um, if it, if it means the holidays to you or, or whatever, it probably will to other people. That's that's true. That's definitely a better way of thinking about it going into the writing process. Just just let it do what you feel about Christmas. Yeah. Or the holidays. It's nice. Now where are I you? I like that. I'm gonna use that now. Please, <laughs> please do. I, I can't yeah. remember what city you're in. Uh I'm in Carroll, Iowa. Okay, so, so you get snow and, and all that. Like you have classic classic Christmases. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Uh, you know, a lot of the times it just gets cold here now, so we don't really even get a white Christmas. It's just yeah. freezing. 
Yeah, I, I remember, uh, you know, in Michigan growing up, it was it would start snowing in October. It would start going away at the, in March, maybe maybe the end of February. But yeah. every year was thick snow on, at Christmas time. And even the last few years there, they've had entire winters where you can always see the grass. And that's yeah. completely unheard of for me growing up. Yeah, it it wasn't really like that as much growing up. But in the last like 10 years or so, yeah, we just get winters with no snow, which is we're kind of fine with that. But, uh, you know, less shoveling. But it's it's nice to have it on Christmas. Yeah, that's the thing. Like if it could just snow maybe on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and pile up and have a nice Christmas and then go away would be the ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we say every year, too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what you do next. Um, are you, you. Uh, I would imagine once the movie comes out, maybe not until it's out publicly, like past the festival circuit, are you considering doing a video or something to promote it or just like using a clip from the film? Yeah, we were th- we're kind of still discussing what we want to do music video wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause we're kind of hoping to be able to use a clip from the film. Cause we think that would look really cool and yeah. uh, fit the theme of it very nicely. But yeah, we're still kind of talking about which direction we want to go with that. Or if yeah. we want to make a whole separate one with new footage. <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah. Yes. That could be fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and there might even be some stuff on the cutting room floor that isn't part of the film that would be usable to insert and uh, and tie it yeah. to the film while doing right. your own more, uh, you know, personal video of it as well. So lots of possibilities. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. Thank you. Yeah, I hope absolutely. it turns out well. Ah, so uh, I've got your YouTube channel and your links in the show notes like last time. Uh, people, please go and subscribe. It's a fun channel. I always like, I I feel like if there's ever a moment where I need to uh, be uplifted, like if I'm having a stressful day, I can go to your channel and just find something that'll make me smile in about two seconds. And I love that. I love that you've created that environment. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you talking to me? Like that doesn't uh, yeah. even feel like it doesn't even feel like a real compliment. I'm sorry. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, no, really. You. I, I, you feel is. that way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you, uh, you just post stuff that's warm and it it shows that you're enjoying life and you're sharing that with people. And I think we need so much more of that. There's so many, um, you know, uh, look, somebody slipped and fell or look, somebody, you know, got hurt or look at this person. And, you know, there's so much of that. I think we need a lot to balance that out and you're doing a great job helping with that. So thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you. Definitely. Well, I will keep tabs on what you're doing and maybe uh, when your next thing comes out, if you'd be willing to come back, love to have you back and talk about it. Keep tabs on what you're doing. Yeah. I would always love to come back. Thank you again for having me. Yeah, My pleasure. (laughs) Guys go to the YouTube channel. It's in the show notes. I promise you, you will, you will smile. There's no way you can. If not, you don't have a soul. And why are you listening to a podcast if you don't have a soul? Go get one. Thank you, Tatum. Come back and see us again. You guys have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow with our ongoing, what is it? Nine day streak of podcasts, I think for, uh, for Halloween. So we've got a few more to go and enjoy. Have a great day. Thanks, Tatum. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.